don't just be so eager, you know, to get into some kind of deal that you negate your research component of the people. Do they align with your same values? Because let's face it, when you get into these deals, it's like a marriage. Hey, it's JP. Hi, it's Excel. And you're listening to Terry Shower on the Real Estate Investors Club podcast. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Real Estate Investors Club podcast. I'm here today with Robin Binkley. She's the co-founder of Real Equity Investment Partners. So I guess we could say that's the hat maybe that brings her to the show. But it seems that Robin does so much more podcasting, micro-education for other people who want to, I guess, live from passive investments and manage their money in an intelligent way. Thanks for joining me today, Robin. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I look forward to our conversation. Let's just go on a little adventure together. Why don't you start out by telling the audience um, a little bit about your journey through life that has led you to be on my show here today? Yes. So I had a W-2 job here in the States working as a nursing home administrator, so healthcare administration for more than 24 years. And uh, my husband has owned an engineering firm in the Houston market, a second generation business owner. And so we had a family and just did all the traditional things that most American families do. You're busy, uh, you're reading books, when you have time, educating yourself. Uh, You've got a dream about what you'd like your life to be, but the reality of your life doesn't necessarily mirror that. And so you're trying to figure out how to get, you know, from A to Z, you know, what's that middle look like? And you do a lot of traditional investments that come your way. And so that really was our story as a family and a married couple with our resources for many years. And it was not until, now we did do some investing, like in um, some commercial properties and such, but that was with some partners. And that was before we really kind of dove in deeper in 2018. And in 2018, I was uh, no longer working as a nursing facility administrator. I had retired that hat and was staying at home. And I have adult children now who are, you know, having grandbabies and married. I have one that's in her last half of college. And so you know, we were really empty nest, if you will. My husband still was running his business. And I really kind of needed to figure out what did I need to be doing. And um, I was not satisfied with just kind of sitting home, maybe catching lunch with somebody or whatnot. I, I really wanted more. I, I enjoy learning. And, and so real estate was really what we've always been passionate about, you know, and how to make that create revenue for you. And so I began buying single family homes. I resurrected a business that we had had an LLC and began really buying single family homes and um, realized that landlording is not my favorite cup of tea. still in my portfolio. And it's a great way to just kind of jump in and get into investing. And then Collectively, we invested with some other folks in some storage facilities, a couple of storage facilities. And that's a great way to create passive income uh, with a team. 
And from that, my husband sold his business. And we began looking at, you know, do we want to do onesie twosies or would we like to scale? And really, I kind of had to figure out what's our business about? What's our mission, our vision, our values? Where are we kind of going with this? And got involved with a group that really kind of helped me figure that out and work through that process. And that's a journey, you know, because as you're kind of morphing along in your business, you change too. Your business changes a little bit. And kind of connected with folks in the real estate investing community, finding a group of people to be aligned with, got involved in some masterminds. And again, none of this happens all at one time. You know, it's kind of one leads to two, two leads to three, three leads to four. And that's really sort of how that kind of came together. And from that, Last year, I got involved with a group and syndicated my first multifamily. It was a 200-door apartment complex in the Atlanta, Georgia, outside of the Atlanta, Georgia area. And I'm not, you know, the strong person in the multifamily arena. So so aligning yourself with uh, people who are smarter than you, better than you, done it more than you, have been successful, super key. And so I did that. And then through that, kind of looked into, uh, I had a, a group of women, two other business partners, and did a Bitcoin mining fund this last year. And so that's very, you know, very different than multifamily. But again, I'm interested in building our portfolio, I should say again, in diversification, because I really feel strongly when one asset class may not be going well, another one may be going, doing better. And so we've also gotten involved with our business in some uh, developments and lifestyle investing in areas where we like to visit and doing some short-term rentals. So it's just kind of got all these different little spokes. But you know, Terry, where I find myself now is really kind of meeting more one-on-one with folks who have questions about, okay, this is where I am. These are some of my goals. Like, where do I even start? And that seems to be one of the biggest things that I really talk to folks about. You know, how do I get going? How do, how do I make that work? And here we are in 2023. So. <laughs> I talked a little bit about how we, I, you know, started and kind of like overarching what it looks like. Okay. I'm, I want to get you to tell me a little bit about um, some of the patterns that you see when you do have conversations with people. But I have another, another question, which is, you know, you mentioned um, podcasting. Tell me, how did you, what's the subject of your podcast? What's the name of your show? How did you even get into podcasting in the first place? It really was not like the plan, but our podcast is called Ladies Kicking Assets. And my partner is Courtney Moeller, and she is very big in the crypto digital currency space. That's not a space that I'm more expert in. And we were a part of the same mastermind group. And about a year and a half ago, we were in our January meetup after we had uh, worked on goals. What were our goals for 2022? And kind of going around the room, it's a very small mastermind. Going around the room, one of the things I felt very passionately about after, you know, 2021, spending a lot of time going to seminars, you know, not just a virtual online, but physically in person doing meetups, what I found is that women are such a small representation 
in these two and three day meetups. They're represented, but they might be 20 to 30% of the room. And I just found that in many of the conversations that I was having with folks, a husband or spouse or partner, someone might be there, but their wives weren't really involved because they were more of the decision makers, had more of the financial background. And I saw that really just in real life with many of my friends um, here in this market. And I thought, well, that's not me. I don't represent that same model. I, I kind of used to because I would just kind of defer that off to my husband. And I just thought, you know, there's a space, there's a missing link. You know, we need to educate women to the point of at least at a basis, a personal financial statement, you know, understanding assets and liabilities and cash flow and understanding language so that you can be educated to at least have a conversation, if not make decisions and, you know, be involved in investments. And so that's kind of rarely where that was within me. And so I just said in our goals strategy meeting, I said, um, I really have a desire to do something in this space. I don't know what that looks like. I don't know how to do that. And going around the room, one of the other women in there, uh, and mind you, again, we met that same fractional ratio of about 20 to 30% of our mastermind was female, said, you know, I'd love to partner with you on that. I don't know what that looks like either. Um, but this is part of what you do to take action. We set a date. We set some time frames to meet. And from that, we birth our podcast. And we thought, okay, let's just jump in. Let's do this. Let's get some guests. Um, and let's really just kind of see uh, where this goes. And from your masterminds and from the circles that you're in, we just sent text messages and picked up the phone and called peers and said, hey, would you mind help us? Would you be on our show? You know, when you begin having those first couple of guests, it's like, oh my God, who wants to be on my show? We don't have any experience. The credibility we have is what, you know, within our circles. And that's really, honestly, how we do it now. I just pick up the phone and send a text message. I don't, I have Calendly, but it's not like I'm like sending that out to 10 million people and trying to get somebody to jump in. And so it's a little more personal. And our guests are not all female. In fact, most of them are men. And the message to our audience, when you look at the analytics, it hits everybody. It hits men, women, younger, same age bracket, up to about 65. And so the information is what's important, you know, and what you do with it. It's the taking the action. So that's, our, that's how we got involved, and that's what we do. And we air every two weeks, and our podcast is 30 minutes because we feel like the attention span. And I, I love how on your show you click in and you talk about, hey, is your mind wandering? Because it does. So I love how you do that, and you're, you know, you're really taking in the mindset component of all things. That's, that's relevant. It's key, you know. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, um, definitely in the investment space, um, you know, women are underrepresented, like, you know, depending again, when we we have monthly um, meetup events here with the investment real estate investing communities. And like if we had 30 percent, if it was 30 percent female, we're doing really well. Like yes. us, I think that we're more between like the 15 to 20 percent um, female attendance. 
And, you know, I, I uh, do some research kind of outside of, of investing, like I'm working on a second book that looks at um, affordable housing and then, you know, some of the things that are contributing to the, the housing crisis that we have in Canada and um, on office, I think in the U.S. as well. But one of the things that comes out of that is in poverty statistics, mm. single women are much overrepresented. Obviously, like single moms are one of the demographics that the most represented. But look at, you know, divorcees or uh, females who are widows because widowhood statistics also, right? Like I think women live statistically eight years longer than men, which means that like typically a woman at the end of her life is going to be on her own for, you know, 10 to 15 years with the kids as a support structure. But it means that these investments that you know, maybe a lot of women don't spend their time understanding because that's not traditionally something that women get involved themselves in. They tend to maybe defer that to other people. It's just so important, you know. And if you if you look also at divorce statistics and, and you know, the let's say child care responsibilities, how that gets divided up, like there's a huge, huge need for this. Yeah, there is. And, and you know, I think what happens with women, or at least I saw it with myself, I will speak about myself. I was so busy working full time. I was so busy still being the person who did all the things. Uh, and I, this is not a slam against my husband because it was a great dad and husband in those early years. But I was probably more traditional in the sense that I did the grocery shopping and I dealt with all the dry cleaning. And, you know, he would help with after work and whatnot, transporting everybody to everything. But I still cooked dinner, you know. Back in those days, because I'm in my mid-50s, we didn't have DoorDash. I mean, that didn't really like evolve or we didn't have like order groceries and they're delivered. You know, that was not a thing. You would make a, a grocery list and you'd have some ideas of a working mom like, I'm going to use my crock pot because Instapot was not really a thing. You would use a real recipe book, you know, a, a little bit online, but it wasn't, you know. And so I was doing all that and then doing laundry. And then it was the eternal cycle all over again. It was like, okay, you got to get up at 430 because you got to go through the mail. You got to like what email. And then then you got to take a shower and like get the tribe out of the house and, you know, and then you do it all over again. And so it was like life sucking. There was nothing left of me. And there was really nothing left of my husband, you know, by the end of the week, because then you're preparing to do it all over again. And I thought, is this what I went to college for? Is this like, is this what it's supposed to be? When my kids are out of the house, do I wanna, do I wanna work like this? And I thought, no, this is not healthy. But yet, even still, I don't even understand what all my husband's been doing these years with in our investments because I could I didn't have the time or the bandwidth to read or take on one more thing to like try and understand. So I believe that is still true to this day. You know, women are taking care of their families. They're running kids to daycare. They're maybe they don't have transportation and they're using public transportation and they're just trying to make time frames work. Um, sometimes they have younger kids that shouldn't be at home staying at home because they can't afford daycare. Daycare is ridiculously expensive. Enjoying the episode so far? Have you really been listening to the episode or has your monkey mind been taking you off in one direction or another? Our mental habits can be our biggest assets or our biggest liabilities as we pursue certain goals. 
For me, the biggest performance gains have always come from training my mind. In my book, Mindful Landlord, I talk about how you can train your mind and how you can apply some of these strategies to your journey in the real estate field. The book is available on Amazon and also on its website, mindfullandlord.com. Now I'll stop evangelizing for the power of mental training and let you get back to the show. Like this is a bit of a, a dissimilarity between um, Canada and, and the US. Like we live, we have, at least in the part of Canada, not all is the same, but in the part that we are in, we have $7 a day daycare. Oh my God. So yeah, yeah. So like, I mean, our, our quite social frame here. No, no, it's not. <laughs> no, you need to, you almost need to work in the States to send your kid to daycare. Um, and in, in some, in some parts of English, like right. English Canada. It's yeah. like that, but uh, in this part, uh, no, yeah. they, they, yeah. the government went hard on getting women back into the workforce. So at yeah. least we don't don't have that headwind. I love educating females. I just feel like, you know, we're not educated in school on financial literacy. So male and women, you know, you've got to capture it another way. So how are you going to do that? And that through listening to podcasts, doing online stuff, getting yourself in the room, meeting with people locally. I mean, it is all of those things, you know. So so tell me, you know, at the beginning uh, of the conversation, you kind of alluded to having one-on-one -on -one conversations with people, yeah. like trying to help them out. What common threads do you see? I'm I'm really interested. Like what kind of conversations keep coming up? What kind of questions keep coming up when, you, when you're chatting to people? So one of the common threads is um, they want to jump in and do something, but they don't really know what it is they want to do. So I kind of encourage folks to take a step back. That's good that you want to achieve whatever it is you're wanting to achieve, but really kind of sit down and look at, outline your goals. Uh, I'm going to write this down so I don't repeat myself, but outline your goals in these buckets. And then you have to put some time frames to those thoughts. So you need to be looking at your goals as far as, you know, your financial goals, your health goals, spiritual goals, whatever that might be for yourself. And then you need to look at, okay, where am I currently? Like, am I a full-time employee for someone and I'm wanting to become independently, you know, self-employed? I don't own any real estate. I want to buy real estate or I already own real estate. It's in my own name. You know, what do I do? Who's the right accounting uh firm to assist me. And I know in the U.S. that's probably a little more relevant there, but I really try to kind of step back from all that. This is what I want to do, want to do, want to do, to where are you currently and where are you working to go? And what's that umbrella look like for yourself? And let's put some time frames in place. And then let's look at what's the most important, like what's the number one thing that will help all the other things come into, you know, come to fruition, if you will. And so what's the one thing you got to do to get these other things in place? And then once that one thing's done, there's usually another one thing that's going to help you achieve the next layer. And it's layers. And I look at my own life and, you know, before your podcast, of course, we you put in, you know, all about yourself and what you've done. And I sit there and I look at myself on paper and I go, wow, you know, that's a lot in a short window of time. But really, A leads to B, B leads to C, C leads to D. And sometimes you don't realize what you're going to be involved in in the middle of the alphabet, L, you know, even though of L is the middle, but you don't realize 
where A leads. You're trying to get to Z, but there's this journey and you change and your mindset changes. The people you're attracting and hanging out with changes. And so the desires of your heart change too. And you kind of have to put all those pieces in in place to achieve that end result. So if that really answers your question, it's not one cookie cutter formula, but it's really trying to understand like what's your end game result, but your end game result really may change as you morph on this journey. And it is just that it's a journey because I've certainly made some journey mistakes <laughs> along the way, which have helped me morph into who I'm becoming today, you know? <laughs> Yeah, but tell me, did you read the one thing? <laughs> like you read the book, the one thing. <laughs> I, I I really love that book. Um, so look, I I see that we're it's having a you know a fun conversation. We're also uh, advancing on in time, so I yes, want to yes. get to you know what I consider to be the the, the juicier conversations of the show. Absolutely. Um, so you know, I feel like in the investment space and the real estate space, um, our industry is very like bling bling oriented, very. Um, you know, results, uh, how many, I call it the three Ds, deals, doors, dollars, how big is pile, what does my Instagram feed look like? And one of the things that gets kind of left to the side is the lifestyle hits and sacrifices that people made to get where they are. So, you know, I think you alluded to that a little bit with years of working, uh, you know, when you're managing a nursing home and then family life. But what do you feel like are some of those sacrifices, some of those lifestyle hits you took to get to where you are? Well, I will tell you one of the number one things that happened to me was my health. I had a health decline. And so one of my clear objectives for this year was to increase my health and wellness. It's not about losing weight. It's about better mental clarity moving forward. So to address the bling bling in the arena that we're in, it's there. When you go to seminars, it's there in some of the masterminds that you're a part of. It's there on social media all over the place. But what you have to really kind of take in, and I do think there's a place for social media, and I like social media. Uh, I'm on social media. But what you have to look at is what's reality. And what I found, and you talk about this a lot as mindset, is it is so easy to compare yourself to, well, I'm not syndicating something, or I've not done this many deals, or they're talking about all this cash flow that's coming in, and I'm not there. What's wrong with me? You know, it's so easy for the comparison game. So you have to, you know, the book, The Gap and the Gain, one of my favorite, favorite books, uh, and these are a ton of my notes from this. Love this book. You need to stay in the game. Don't stay in the gap. Celebrate your successes. And this is a lot of the individualized conversations that I have because celebrate your success, where you've come from, what you've done. And that is all in your mind. You know, you have to take those thoughts captive and really eradicate the negative and the comparison. So that's the gap. The gap is living in that space. So I worked a lot on that. I still work on that. But what I found is when I got heavily involved in this space, I was going to everything that I could, traveling almost every weekend and, and still missing some of the big conferences I would have loved to have done. So I did that for two years. So my health, just like I just came unraveled and I'm a nutrient person, but you know, you need sleep. It's more than nutrients. You need sleep. Um, what are you putting in your body? Like, what are you drinking? Are you hydrating enough? 
you know, or you drinking a ton of coffee and a ton of caffeine. Like what kind of nutrients are you putting in your body? What level of sleep? So I turn off my computer and my phone at a certain time in the evening. And I almost do somewhat of a call, a, a geriatric sleep pattern. I go to bed real early now. I have slowed down. I've looked at, does this conference really serve me? And I hate saying that, but what am I really getting out of this conference? Am I showing up just to be seen or am I showing up because I'm capturing something? And eliminating the unnecessary, I've spent a lot of time since September of last year to current, so almost a year terminating a lot of the unnecessary. I think it's important to get out there, be in the room, understand where people are going, go there. But then you have to step back and look at, okay, is that really what I'm trying to achieve? Is that, does that benefit me? Because there's a lot of time, money, and resources and personal resources, not just financial. Like, so my health was huge. And so that's one of the things that I think negatively gets impacted. And you have to take control of that because you really can't do the momentum of moving forward without that, that yeah. and mindset. Yeah. I, I, I like, I love your answer. It's actually, you know, I, I asked this um, question to like all my guests. You're the first person who's mentioned that as an aspect, but I think you're absolutely right. I think we have this tendency um, to want to try to do everything and try to be everywhere. Like, especially when you, you know, start out and you start seeing a little bit of, of, of success come your way, there's this tendency to like want to snowball it and go fast, fast, fast. And then sometimes what gets neglected is, you know, the health aspect, the downtime. Um, it's about food, it's about sleep, but it's also about just like the pace of things, right? Like, you need, you need downtime, you need time to just like, hang out, spend time on your relationships, right? Like that's another thing. And and one other piece of that too I want to add, Terry, is so important, is don't drink the Kool-Aid. I've drank the Kool-Aid way too many times. <laughs> and by what I mean, you know, you, you, you see the glamorous of what's on stage and the, you know, the stories of success. But what people don't really talk about is the reality component of it. And so you drink Kool-Aid and it's like, oh my God, you know, da, 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 da. And you move on to the next event. Uh, or if you haven't booked yourself into something, you you book it, you know, and get your hotel room and get your flights and get your stuff. And it's like, what is this about? This habit trail? It's, it's not good. Yeah. yeah. Well, maybe that's going to be, uh, you know, a little bit, a little bit of the answer of, of the next question. Like, so, you know, in what are, what should we be talking about in the industry that we're not talking about? Um, is, is that, you know, something you think bears mentioning the the fact that there's this there's this pace and and there's this skyscraper like facade on things that once yeah. you peel back the layers of the onion, it's not in there. I don't want to telegraph it. But what you know, what do we be talking about that we're not talking? About? I think I think exactly that. Um, but so when things don't go well, because when things don't go well happens much of the time because you're learning. You don't know all the ins and outs when you're starting your investment journey. And so, you know, even individuals that you align yourself with and you hold tremendous credibility with, when you see behind the veil and you see oftentimes that they're not who I thought they were, it is a scary thing. And it will make you stand back and be a little fearful. And again, fear in your mind is not healthy. But I think it's really important to... Be in a position where you are able to talk to individuals about when things don't go well, what do I do? Where do I go? Is this group that I've been hanging out with for a year or two the right 
group, you know, um, and be open to learning about who other folks are that you can align yourself with. I would encourage not the fear model of getting burned and then oh, I'm not going to do this anymore because you can be incredibly successful, but you have to capture the fact that everything you see is not truth and reality. It does not go well most of the time. It goes exactly the polar opposite because there's tons of unknowns. And don't just be so eager, you know, to get into some kind of deal that you negate your research component of the people. Do they align with your same values? Because let's face it, when you get into these deals, it's like a marriage, five to seven years at a minimum, you know, unless there's some short-term exit strategy. And these are people that you've got to like have alignment with, value-wise, not just business, but value-wise. And so I think that's what people don't talk about. Mm -hmm. and, that, and that's really, you know, I think so key because we're people and you're in a people business in real estate. Yeah, you're buying assets, but it's people that are leveraging their dollars and time and trust. So you got to deal with the people. Yeah, no, I think that's a, I think that's a really, really a great, uh, a great point and a great way to sort of come to the end of the conversation yeah. is that, you know, peeling back peeling back the onion, allowing people to reveal themselves um, and being open to the to new data, really, yeah. because, you know, it's not that you make a decision once like, OK, this is going to be the group I hang out with or this is going to be the thing that I do. Um, if you're open to the new data and you're open to things kind of moving around for you, that allows you then to either find things that are better for you or, or succeed at a higher level because you're just not holding on so tightly to whatever is happening. So, yeah, Robin, um, you know, I, I unfortunately we're coming to the end of the interview. This has been a very interesting conversation. I love your energy. I love some of the stuff that you shared with our audience. Where can people go if they want to learn more, if they want to connect with what you do? Very, very simple. Team at realequityip.com. That's team, again, at realequityip.com. And that, that message goes directly to our group. And love to share anything I've talked about. And certainly if, if I am not able to answer a specific question, I love to forward on to the folks that I'm aligned with in the community. Um, because we're all, you know, here to share and, um, you know, with an open hand. So I just really desire to help folks succeed in their journey. If you're listening, you enjoyed this conversation with Robin. Uh, be sure to check out her podcast, Ladies Kicking Assets. Yes. <laughs> we'll drop all of that good stuff into the show notes. So thank you. Thanks for listening to the Real Estate Investors Club podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, remember to give us a rating. Leave a comment, subscribe, and share. You can find Terry at terryshower.com. Her book, Mindful Landlord, is available on Amazon. You can also follow her on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram. JP is the president of the Real Estate Investors Club. You can learn more about the club's networking and educational activities on Facebook by searching for Real Estate Investors Club. Look to the show notes to find information on our guests and links to material mentioned in the episode.